Oh, it's that time. Everybody's favorite. What is up, everybody? Welcome in to the DMVR Nuggets podcast. Energy on 100 for the guy that always brings the energy every single day. We're presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR whenever you sign up. We are remote today and probably for the foreseeable future, although Thursday, I believe, we'll be back in the studio uh, for a free agency show. Just a little heads up that show will probably be coming to you sometime around six o'clock. Um, you know, we want to let some of the dust settle. We'll be on the Twitter sticks kind of following along with you guys, but we'll do a show sometime around six, maybe seven o'clock, wrapping up all of the day's action uh, in, in the NBA. I don't know how it'll go. Maybe right away, every spot gets filled. I know sometimes, like right as the clock strikes four o'clock, every deal in the NBA gets signed somehow with no tampering. It's amazing. Um, but maybe it'll be a little, take a little bit of time for news to trickle in. And we'll cover it then. Um, I am joined today by a guy. Is that shirt like your dad's shirt? Yeah, it's an right XXL about. flannel. Um, I gotta start checking the weather. I'm sweaty in this thing. It's hot. <laughs> it's hot outside. Do you not check the weather? I haven't checked the weather in like 12 years, probably. This is a wild uh, development to me. First of all, it is summer, so you would probably default to it's probably going to be hot today. Yeah, yeah, definitely a wrong first guess. <laughs> Guess. Uh, it's going to be warm. It's going to be warm every single day. Okay. Um, today, hopefully, Harrison Wind is joining us from an undisclosed location. He's trying to get his Wi-Fi to work. Uh, always reliable wind. I hope he's here because we're talking about free agents, uh, including those that made his big board today. Free agents as well as trades. In segment one, we have a lot to get to, so we're going to kind of dive right into the meat, the content of this. But the first group is going to be what I would call the primary guys. Maybe the most interesting ones um, that Denver could try to target. Denver is restricted on what they can bring in, you know, basically using their mid-level ex exception. That's their greatest uh, lever. So we're going to talk some of the guys you might be throwing out bigger names. Sorry, not a lot of great free agents this year. And the ones that Denver can target are going to fit in a certain range. We're also going to talk a little bit later on about the trade market, which is where I think some of your slightly bigger names come from. And maybe just talk about what we think it would cost Denver to be able to acquire those players. So the first segment, third segment is going to have a lot. Second segment, probably less heralded names. We're going to talk about some of the guys that have been in the Denver system. Austin Rivers, Davon Reed, Gary Harris, um, as well as a couple unheralded guys and like Troy Brown, Amir Coffey, DeLon Wright. But we'll start off the top with some of what I consider to be the, the big names in free agency that Denver could sort of target to go after. And the first guy on the list is my guy, none other than Gary Payton. Gary Payton, who's 29, he'll be 30 years old by the time this season starts. He is a champion for the Golden State Warriors, famously the last guy added to the roster right there before, um, you know, right before the season began. He was picked up. They let go of Avery Bradley. Controversial decision. Turned out to be the best one. Closed, I think, four of the last five games of the finals for them as the defensive stopper. And he's a really good player. The biggest concern I have is actually I have two. One, he was basically a rookie last year, even though he had played in the NBA. That was his breakout year, his breakout opportunity. He's 29, almost 30 years old. He's probably already past his prime, which is weird to say. Um, but he's already like you're if you're buying him, you're buying like, does he have a lot more in it? Was it the Warriors culture? Are you going to be able to get something? And then if you have to sign him to multiple years, are you paying for 32, 33-year-old Gary Payton when he's only really proven this one time on arguably the best culture in the entire NBA. But as a fit, if we just start with the player vote, what do you think about Gary Payton, the player with the Denver Nuggets? You have to love it. He's got to be at the top of this list for just about anyone going through the exercise. There are questions about him, but right now, among the fewer, due to the fact that we just saw it work, right, as, as a finalizing piece on a championship roster now, different roster, different culture. You know how much of that was Steph gravity going to the school of Steph as well. And he's not like a shooter, but just the movement, the Golden State sort of style of offense. Can Denver harness some of that as well? Obviously, Jokic is is quite the hub. So I think there's utility in him as a corner shooter. What's up, Wind? Cutting um, that can be, you know, captured as Golden State did. And defensively, we all know what he can do. So this is. I think this is a result a lot of people would be happy with. 
Wind, you're joining us. Are you able to hear us? Yeah, I got you. We're talking. Um, what do you think of Gary Payton? <laughs> His fit with Denver? Well, I mean, Gary Payton's the top free agent that Denver could get that's on my board. I think it'd be an incredible fit. Like, he's a dominant perimeter defender. He'd fit in with the offensive talent. I, I think it'd be great. Do you think, though, I mean, the fact that he's 30 years old and has basically only proven this one time, I mean, does that give you any concern at all? Especially for a guy as narrow. Like, he's pretty dependent on his athleticism. He's a super athlete, a freak athlete. He's a great defensive player, but guys that don't have a ton of other talents, like, you lose just 10% of your athleticism, you know, does that hurt you? Do you worry about that? Maybe not next year, but if you were to sign him to a two-, three-year deal? Um, I mean, slightly. Like... He doesn't have that offensive upside, but he's just such a good defender that I think he'd fit in just the same way that he would with the Warriors. It's funny because Peyton Watson is a lot like a lot of people talk about him the same way you would talk about a Gary Payton, just like a tenacious defender, like a really intense, never going to give up on a play all over the place, really long, athletic. And then offensively, yeah, you're like, I don't know what you get from him. Some nights he'll make some shots or drive, but most of the time you're not going to be able to count on him. So it's kind of interesting. I think the second thing that concerns you about him is I just don't know if he's going to be gettable. You know, the Golden State Warriors have one of very few owners who has already shown to be willing to spend on the margins. And he is a margin. And he was so good. The fact that you closed the finals with Gary Payton, you actually literally ended, you know, the, the, the last several games. Man, Harrison already gone again. Finished the last several games with him, uh, you know, on the court, to me, it just makes me think they're probably going to be willing to pay what Denver can, which is that taxpayer MLE. Yeah, I would be very surprised if they went through all that effort to to keep him around, to sign him, and then, let's be honest, kind of clap themselves on the back for the move, right? That they would right. then just not pay him if possible. This is such a good point. I love this because what you're referring to is to, to the big, like, writers in the Bay. You have Marcus Thompson and Anthony Slater. They gave a lot of access to write the story that was like using specifically Gary Payton to talk about how smart they are. So you're right. That's very much a they're feeling themselves. They're probably going to continue to like want to pump their own um, propaganda. Yeah. So um, if he's available, it would be great. Um, He is an unrestricted free agent, which I think is important part of this, because as we get into some of the restricted free agents, There's just not a lot of names out there. And if you go after a restricted free agent and it ends up costing you three or four days or however long it ends up taking you, there's a really good chance that Denver could end up wasting, like not being able to sign all these other guys. You get rejected or matched in free agency, and now you're even more desperate, which I think is a real risk because some of the names, my favorite names on these lists are going to be restricted free agents. The next guy I have is another one that's super interesting. Victor Oladipo, 30 years old. Only 60 games played the last three seasons. He has a right quadricep tendon injury, had surgery on it. I This injury is near and dear to me. This is the injury I sustained several years ago, so I just know like wow. how hard. Like The thing about a quadricep tendon is it connects to your muscles, and when that thing goes, you can't exercise that muscle. Like You have to rebuild that entire muscle, so, something that you know I've obviously struggled to do as a non-professional athlete. But he's, even as a professional athlete, we're talking about 60 games in three seasons with more time being unavailable to like practice and play than time that you were able to. That being said, he did have an impact for the Miami Heat, a two-way impact, offense and defense at times throughout this playoffs. Um, Wind, what do you think of Victor Oladipo as a target for Denver? Number two on my list, only played in eight regular season games for the Heat last year. One of those games is a 40-point game in April against Orlando, the last game of the regular season. Um And then he just like had Jalen Brown in jail in the playoffs at times in that uh, matchup. Look, he's had injuries, but I think, you know, there's a sneaky chance that you buy a little low on him and then he starts to rediscover some of that flash that he had a couple years ago. No question. That's the exciting part about Victor Oladipo. What do you think, Vote? As far as working with the MLE, this is the be bold play, right? This is the the sort of take a big swing. But the worst case scenario is that he literally is missing large chunks of the season. And that's not just that one injury. Like it's sort of something he's dealt with his whole career. Injuries are always hard to project. Maybe he's fully healthy. 
But I kind of feel like what's scary about this for the Nuggets is, well, the last thing they need is another high upside play that could work out with him not playing games at all. Um, Specifically in the backcourt. Specifically in the backcourt. So I suppose this is the be bold move, but it's, it's a scary one too, I think, to some extent. If you just look at the injury risk, like we know Jamal Murray is not going to play every game next year. You know, the Nuggets don't want him to. They're going to want to load manage a little bit, especially early on. Right. Michael Porter hasn't proven to be a guy that can really play that kind of minutes. And, and I don't think the Denver's even going to push it. I think they're going to try to play him 60 games next year, even if he's fully healthy. So you're already talking about two starters that you know are going to be limited. Do you really want to bring in a guy who, by the way, Oladipo, that you would – and sign him, I think, with the intention of him being a starter, albeit your fifth starter. I think you would sign him, understanding that if he's not available for a handful of games, like that's plug and play another guy. But that's by far the biggest concern. I love this move. The other, well, the other biggest concern, I should say, Oladipo, and I've even heard this, um, you know, just from different people around the team. Oladipo has been a reclamation project, you know, obviously for the last few years as he's coming back from the injury. So he's bought into the small role, a la a DeMarcus Cousins. In fact, I would equate him to a DeMarcus Cousins in this hmm. one way. There's a comp there, yeah. He, well, he bought into being a backup center this year to get his value back up to where people viewed him as a starting center. You know, this is mm-hmm. part of the bet that he made and why it was a perfect fit. And we'll see if it pays off. It's one of the reasons we're not sure if DeMarcus Cousins will be back. Oladipo, I think, has the same perspective. Remember, he's like a bet-on-myself guy. I'm a superstar. Gets traded away, goes to Indiana, improves it, becomes an all-star, becomes the most improved player, then gets hurt. This is a guy that I think has the reputation as being someone who views himself as maybe better than what he actually is. Does three years flatten a person? Do they... they, does he have a perspective now as I just want to play and have, extend my career and be a part of a team and I don't need to be a second or third option. I can be a fourth, fifth option. I don't know that, but I know that's the concern with him is that he really has never been that other than this last year when he was just trying to get back on the court. So does that concern you at all, Harrison, that maybe he, he you bring him back in and he thinks he's a 15, 16 shots a night kind of guy? A little bit. The injuries concern me more. That's definitely the big concern because – like you said, like they can't have a guy who's an injury risk on day one of the regular season in the backcourt, especially with, you know, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. If you're going to go big on this MLE and use it all the three years, 19 or 20 million, like you want that guy to be durable and, and to be available, especially on Denver. So another guard with injury with an injury history kind of freaks me out a little bit. But yes, to the other point. I also feel that way. Like Victor Oladipo wants to get back to being an all-star level player. You know, maybe that could work in a good way with Denver because he's just that much more hungry. Um, But ideally, yeah, I think you want a guy who's 100% going to be happy in his role. Is Oladipo going to be that? You know, maybe if he's on a winning team in a winning environment on a contender. uh, Yeah, but uh, there is some risk. I'm with you there. And to his credit, we, we just saw him do it. But you're right about the context that, that fits around that. And and the context was Miami, great culture. A lot of guys that are going to hold you accountable. By all accounts, he worked his ass off throughout, you know, behind the scenes to be ready to play by the time the playoffs got there. But you also have Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, like a lot of good defensive players around you. Because right. if you remember, I think it was game four against the Celtics where Jimmy Butler missed. And Oladipo had a, a monster second half in that game. I can't remember. I think Jalen Brown had had like 35, 40 points in that one. Oladipo in the second half like guards him and guards him really well. Got a couple steals on him. I think he ends up with six turnovers. Heat win the game. So in a playoff series against all-star caliber guards, he actually made a pretty big impact defensively. So it makes you think like that'd be great. And I do think the fit of, I've said this before, but quick players, quick first step players with Jokic. I'm just so intrigued to see what that looks like. So to me, Oladipo maybe has the highest upside play of the realistic targets, but he has such a low downside play that I would be pretty terrified, especially if you talk about Harrison three-year commitment. Like, Does Denver yeah. get into a point where they're committed to two players, Michael Porter and Oladipo, who over the life of Jokic's next contract are big question marks? I would be so scared of that. And if you had an injury to one or both of those guys, you pretty much punt on your opportunity. Like At that point, maybe you have to trade Jokic because you're like, we have – 50 million dollars of injured players going forward what can we do um so it's a real it carries an enormous amount of risk but it it also carries an enormous amount of upside 
Um, it's a ton of upside, guy. but if you're Denver, yeah. do you need that upside? You know. Yeah, I think you just kind of. I, I know. I don't know how much everyone wants to hear this. I think they need to just hit a double into the gap here. You know, more than they Ugh. need a, a home run. I mean, the, the thing is, is Victor Oladipo might be the double into the gap. I don't know if he's not a home run. Like, sure, Victor Oladipo in this instance is, is is like a good player that I think gets you over the hump. But, um, Cody Martin is my next one. And you could really group Cody and Caleb together, although I kind of want to keep them separate. Cody, I think a little bit more of the defensive-minded of the two players. He's shot 38% from three last year on like 160 attempts. It was a bit of an outlier for his career. He's been much lower than that. Um, maybe the best perimeter defender that Charlotte had, and they just hired a defensive coach in Steve Clifford, who probably is going to want him. And what scares me the most, restricted free agent, best perimeter defender on the team, a coach who's going to be screaming at the GM like, don't you dare trade my one defensive player away or or lose him. And I just worry that he's a guy that Denver's going to like. And if you did make an offer to him, if you identified him as your guy, you might end up waiting three, you know, a couple days and then miss out on him anyway. Yeah, there's that. But I mean, how many guys is Denver really going hard after in free agency? You know, I saw today that our friend Keith Smith reported they extended qualifying offers to Vlaco Chanchar and Davon Reed. One of those, not surprising in Reed, I think. The other, maybe a little surprising. But was I mean, not, how many... I thought we had talked about this. I had heard that that was, a, that was going to happen. I thought we had talked that, about that, this, Harrison. That, Vla, that Vlaco was coming back for sure? I think Vlaco might be a mainstay on the Nuggets roster for the Jokic era. Wow. That's surprising to me. And kind of On a minimum. Yeah. Um, I mean, anyway, someone... that, that, that was a little surprising to me, but... With these roster spots filling up, I mean, how many guys are the Nuggets legitimately going after in free agency? Two at the most. Like two, right? Yeah. I think they I think they really – you try to get intel, I think, on a Cody Martin. Another thing is when you bring in a new coach, maybe there's a lot of moves to be made. There are definitely some – like Charlotte is a diff, an interesting situation where I could see them being willing to move on. It's just such a huge risk. I think he's worth it. Like in a vacuum, if he was an unrestricted free agent and he wanted to sign here, I think he would be worth that price. The restricted yeah. free agency makes it so dangerous for Denver. Yeah. Um, Both the Martin twins I'm in on. Caleb Martin with Miami, I'm especially in on, but I doubt Miami's going to let him get away. And then Cody Martin, like you said, the point about Steve Clifford's a good one. You just wonder with Charlotte if they would get a little frugal and stingy on how much they're spending uh, this <laughs> offseason. Like they're a candidate to do that, right? Always, always a candidate for that. I where and where do you guys see either of the Martin twins fitting in into the rotation positionally, starting back up? Like, how do you see that shape? What's kind of what's nice about them is I think that they are starters. Again, like everybody thinks, like a starter, usually the fifth starter, especially if they're a defensive minded player, is not an all star. So, like him being a Cody Martin in particular. A guy that's going to be taking six shots a night anyway, just to keep keep you honest type of shot. He knows how to cut. He actually played for Muscleman in college, who I think is one of the better sort of like grooming players for the NBA. They play a very NBA style system with lots of movement off ball. Like I think he would fit in really really well. Um, so I think he would be a starter. That Christian Brown, if you look at the the best scenario for Christian Brown, that next year he could probably surpass him, and then you have a very solid backup shooting guard. So. He's a guy that's good, but also is fits as into a backup role for you as this like sixth yeah. guard or whatever. And you can play him at three as well a little bit too, if need be, right? So yeah. Yep. Yeah. They do fit the criteria of bigger guards and wings. Yep. And Length. that is, I think, the number one thing that Denver wants to change with some of its role players, if it can, this offseason. Just get bigger. Right. Bigger guards, bigger wings than what they've had in the backcourt. I, I know that's what they want. The Martin twins fit that. Gary Payton doesn't exactly fit that, but he's yes, such he a good defender. His wingspan, well, he's, he's got like a seven-foot wingspan. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, I think what they have in mind is just taller as well. I know length is a catch-all, as Calvin Booth says, but um, like – Caleb Martin and Cody Martin at six five with that six ten wingspan. That that is ideal height and length, I think. Yeah. 
Um, Gary Payton maybe works for me lengthwise, but you still I'll take the point. Um, the last one I have in here in the first segment here is Bruce Brown. Um, let's just sneak him in here. Unrestricted free agent. To me, this might be actual number one. It Oladipo maybe in theory has a higher upside. I, I don't even know, but I think maybe as a two-way player a little bit more. Bruce Brown did shoot 40% from three. It was an outlier for his career, but he was very good last year as a three-point shooter. He's a really good defender. Uh, Brooklyn maybe is falling apart. We'll wait to see. Maybe they just move on from him anyway and try to allocate those resources elsewhere. But to me, he's almost the classic... Like if you think back to the George Carl Nuggets, they always had one guy, Demar Johnson, or uh, you know they always had, had had the one guy that would be the like token def defense only guard. That would be Bruce Brown with the added value of he can kind of do stuff on offense. He made it work with that cut, the floater when he can hit enough open shots. You know he's not he's not creating anything in any sense of right. the word, but he can finish some plays. Six four, six nine wingspan. So like he's not sh he's not long, but he's also not short. He's sort of like at the par, I would call for what we're talking about. Yeah, he's you know Gary Payton, but just not as elite elite. I think of a defender and just ball hawk, but he does a lot of the same stuff Gary Payton does. And then on offense, he's your fifth option that is just kind of have to you know find his niche. But he was able to do that on a Nets team with the type of offensive firepower that Denver right. and Golden State had. You know, that's how Gary Payton was able to do it. So I think it'd be kind of a natural transition there. The one thing, I think Bruce Brown, I could be wrong on this. You know, if you're playing with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you're, you're it's like playing with James Harden, which he also played with. You just stand in the corner or on the wing, right? You're not touching it. In a Jokic system, you might need to touch the ball a little bit more. That's that's one <laughs> yeah. difference. It's like you you have to run some kind of dribble handoff or just at least be available in this or that. So um, I think he might be my top choice, though. Like of these five guys, which we have as sort of the top top grouping here of guys that would, if they were here, they would probably all start at shooting guard. I think Bruce Brown is my top choice. What about you, Vote? Yeah, him or Peyton, but Brown probably feels more realistic at this point. What about you, Harrison? If I'm getting a healthy Victor Oladipo, he might be my number one. Just in that. terms of his three-point shooting, uh, his defense, and just being a, a mainstay at that two-guard, he might be my number one. Um, By the way, he might be cheaper than some of these other guys because of those injuries. Like there, There's a real – as much as there's a risk – but if he might be a guy that there's not a lot of teams that want to offer him three years, they don't want to offer him big yeah. numbers and you might be able to get him as a continued reclamation project. Definitely. And other than that, it's probably one of the Martin twins kind of because what you were saying, Adam, about Bruce Brown fitting into a Jokic ball system. Like, can he dribble and pass and like come off DHOs and run a, a little picket roll? Can, can he do anything other than just, stand in the corner or stand in the dunker spot. Maybe, uh, but right. I have confidence that Caleb and Cody Martin could because they did do that more last season. They're not as locked down to defenders as Bruce Brown is, but I've got a little more confidence that they're going to be more versatile offensively. So I'd probably slot them slightly ahead. I would say if, if we're already doing this kind of trade-off of just in terms of like the Nuggets need something different at two, then just lean all the way in for me and get, get the most prolific defender you can get. Yeah. That's just my perspective. Why don't we take a break? Those are the like big names. Again, those might be the big ones. They might We're be gonna... two bigger names too. They like, really might guys, be two honestly. bigger names. Are, I would say probably likely all out of the price range are just a lot of them are unattainable, I think. Like Gary Payton, I can't see Golden State letting him get away or him leaving Golden State. Both Martin twins. The restricted I think the, free agency part of this yeah. is just so tough. The odds are both those guys will be back. Bruce Brown, just because of how combustible that net situation is, he feels like he could be out there. Um, Oladipo, I, he seems like a Miami guy. I, I feel like there's probably something there with, you know, you scratch our back. You, we scratch. <laughs> we got it yeah scratch each other's you, back you know the you. metaphor i'm going for yep. like they helped him get back to this level he's gonna stay there and help them out too so i don't know 
I, I, I will say this. I see this comment on the Hard Knocks podcast. The hosts mainly talk about the Nuggets as if they're trying to shed cap and be below luxury tax. I listened to that podcast. I heard their perspective. I will say this. I feel very confident saying that the Nuggets front office has the leeway to spend into the tax this offseason. I don't know if they will. A lot of this is going – I don't think they're going to spend it just to spend it. Like they are going to maintain that flexibility, but I do know that that is not a limitation. Like a, you can't do that unless you get these, this, this, and this. I think that they have the ability, or I, I shouldn't say I think, very confident that they have the ability to spend if they have the players to do it. I don't think they're going to spend a ton of money on like, you know, guys that they don't really believe in. You're not going to do that for untradeable contracts, which is where they might end up seeing as how things have played out so far. Here's the deal. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR, and I'm going to push that avalanche amber ale on you. I'll give you three seconds at home to guess why. Because they're the champions, baby. Congrats to the abs. Congrats to the abs. Die hard. Celebrate. Wash that season and that cup down, baby, with a fresh avalanche ale from our friends at Breckenridge Brewery. They've got a lot of different delicious kinds of brew if you want to know where to find it. You punch it into the Breck Beer Locator. Google that. Bookmark that. It's a sweet tool. You tell it what you're looking for. You tell it what where you live. It tells you where to go to get that sweet, delicious Breck brew in your life. Check it out. They're our friends. And one of the best ways you can support DNVR is by supporting our friends. Speaking of friends, our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, are switching their focus now from the ice to the octagon. We're talking the calf slicer. We're talking the Peruvian necktie. There are tons of ways to come out on top in the octagon for UFC 276. There's one more. With DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, new customers can bet $5 on any fighter to win and get $100 in free bets, whether they win or lose. I don't get that. That's not really how betting works. Uh, so whether it's a knockout kick, a powerful punch, or just you making a lot of money with your same game parlay, get in on this action right now. Uh, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Uh, it must be Colorado, must be 21 or older. And do we have the graphic card with the details? Gambling problem. Call 1-800-422. I don't know the number, Kale. And it's not 1-800-522-4700. There it is. 1-800-522-4700. And we're back. All right, we are you back know, It looks like you can just say see show notes for details. That's, that's how all the cool podcasters are doing it now. So oh, okay. Die. Okay, cool, cool. Cease show notes for details. <sighs> Boom. They're right in the show notes. Load off my shoulders. Segment yeah. two here. We're going to go over a couple of current or former Denver Nuggets players, as well as some, I'll call them sleepers, I guess. Sleeper picks, although there's even a chance that they're not attainable. This is how tough this free period is going to be. Um, the first one we're going to go to, everybody's favorite, the former and original Mr. Nugget, Gary Harris, an unrestricted free agent. <laughs> Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you swapped Will Barton for Gary Harris, I honestly think that in the regular season, you would have no drop-off in terms of Denver's performance. And in the postseason, you would be better prepared for what you were going to see. Meaning, So I think this would be a like, okay, if you – I know that's not a trade, but if that were to happen, you know, you brought in Gary, got rid of Barton, it would kind of work. Gary Harris, in part, wanted to leave Denver. Denver, I think, ready to move on with him. So he could spread his wings and maybe, you know, up his value heading into this period. Not so sure how well that worked out. We'll find out. We'll see if his bet worked. But he might be one of those guys that, hey, first day goes by, he's not getting the big offer. Does Denver look at that and say, hey, man, you know the system, you know the guys. Is there is it realistic at all, Harrison, that Gary, uh, Gary Harris could be back? Oh, man. I mean, he had a little bit of a bounce back season last year, I'd say. 38.5% from three, five three-point attempts per game. He was great from the corners, especially. Really yep. good from the corners, like incredible. He showed, you know, late in his Nuggets career, uh, the, the final days of his Nuggets career, like, or the final shining moment of his Nuggets career, I should say, in the bubble, that he can be that three and D role player on a good team. He can come off the bench, lock down defensively. And I guess he didn't have much three or offense to his game in a lot of those bubble matchups, but he was a good defender. Um, I guess I could see a world where he is playing a similar role as he was in the bubble on the nuggets next season. Um, 
But again, the injuries, right? Yep. Played 61 games last season. That's a very healthy year for Gary Harris based on you know his real career after his first couple of seasons. 61 is a lot of games for him to play. Am I signing him and kind of banking on health with Gary Harris? I don't know if I want to hitch my wagon to that. I completely agree. I was going to go right there as well. I I agree with everything you said, Adam, and it would be a vibey kind of thing. He comes back, everyone's Would it excited. be vibey, though? Honest question. Would it be vibe? Like, if he gets – if the Nuggets announce the that they have signed Gary Harris, would it be like, awesome, the band's back together, or what the hell, we already did this? No, I think the fan base would be excited, to be honest. I actually do. Um, I mean, the Ouija's did this thing. There's something to that. But I think people would be really excited. Until the – and core injury in January. I'm not going to work. I'm not, but I'm just saying, like that's the that's the fear. And of course, I'm not penciling him in or rooting for it, but that's the fear. If we're speaking I, vibes specifically, there would have been a lot more vibes with the Gary Harris return if Tim Conley was still here. Good point. Now I just feel like you know this has nothing to do with on court or you know anything. But uh, we're in just a different stage now. We're, we're in a different era, I think. Yeah. Um, all right, so after that, we get to Austin Rivers, another you know unrestricted free agent. <laughs> it's weird to think because none of us have thought about Austin Rivers as the starting shooting guard. If you were to roll back everybody we just talked about, Austin Rivers, did you say you brought him up as the starting shooting guard? Does it feel like he is a starting shooting guard on a championship contender caliber player? No. Uh, I mean, I think he can be... I think he can be an approximate of some of what we're talking about here, though. A very good perimeter fender that can hit some open shots and isn't a total zero on offense. I mean, I do think he's not. There's also this fear of he's not quite as good a connecting piece as some of right, these other guys right. that are so limited to the point where they don't try some of the things that Austin tries. I think you can do better. But at some point, like, there is going to be you know, after the exception and all that, like there's going to be a couple roster spots to burn and some minimums to hand out. And if Austin wanted to come back on one, I would be intrigued. I think he was a helpful player. I think, I honestly think he was a better player for Denver last season um, than we realized. And if the whole season didn't feel so futile, then maybe his contributions are viewed as larger, actually. It is weird though, Harrison, because Austin Rivers filled the role of like, guys are hurt, so let's plug him into this role. But now if you get Jamal Murray back and have Monte Morris and uh, Bones Highland as your backups, I don't think either of those guys are you're looking to start, you know, game one, at least of the season. And then you have Christian Brown as your sort of like fifth defender. The question really is, who is your starting two? So in a weird way, Austin Rivers either fills that role or he ends up filling the sixth right. guard role. Right. I get that. Yeah. Is, I mean, does, so does that mean he does that take him out of the running in your eyes? Yeah, I, I can't see him being the starting two guard. Like, yeah. no way, right? <laughs> no way. I, I mean, um, I I could see it, but I think I could see it. I'm not saying it's play would have been plan A a month ago. It. Like, you would have told me this is a successful offseason, but where we are now, you I can definitely do better. Can see it. You can definitely do better. Oh, man. I'm not ready for that. Um, Christian Brown, yeah, the Nuggets see him as a two. We know that. So I think naturally, that lowers Austin Rivers' chances of coming back. But, I mean, who would you rather play next season, Austin Rivers or Christian Brown? Austin Rivers, obviously. So, if, like, push comes to shove and, you know, you strike out on your first couple options, maybe Austin Rivers is the choice. And it might come down to that. Like, this is the thing is Denver might be in a position where they go after a Cody Martin, miss out on him. Bruce Brown's off the board. Gary Payton's off the board. All these other guys that you had are off the board. And it's like, hey, we're going to go with this. And then, look, let me say this. There are positives and negatives to it. I do think that Christian Brown is a player I'm intrigued by. I want to see him in summer league before I make any proclamations. I want to see all this stuff. But I'm intrigued by the fact that he could be a player that makes an impact by the end of next season. But I'm also very aware of the fact that he might not. And like, if you go into the seat, so if Austin Rivers was there, I do feel like Christian Brown's going to get more opportunities yeah. next year. And it, it, you're almost up the odds of that, which would could be a positive, but you also up the exposure of it. Um, I don't love it, but I also think here's the thing about Austin Rivers. A lot of these guys we're talking about is like, ooh, you know, even a Bruce Brown, we're like, man, he could fill the role here or there. Like, Austin Rivers knows his role on this team. 
by the end of his tenure in Denver, Austin Rivers was not wait early on the jab step not going like that stuff was driving you nuts. I felt like it got less and less over time. So if Austin Rivers too, was man. back on the team next year, I do feel like he would be offensively at least the best version we've seen of him in the system. I to be clear, I do not think this would be a good offseason. But like, could I see it resulting that way? Yeah. Like, could I see Denver's front office saying like we we missed on some of these guys? Can Rivers represent what we look we're looking for? Sure. Um, but you can do you can do better. I guess I just find myself inclined every time Rivers is mentioned to point out by the end of that season he was helpful. I don't know if he's right. as helpful in this in this upcoming roster construction, but I don't hate the idea of him coming back to the team in a vacuum. Here's a, a comment I hear: can't trade thrill to start Rivers. What are we doing here? Ha ha. I do think there's something like <laughs> Barton is a better player than Rivers when you factor in like both ends of the court. What does Denver need? They need defense. Austin Rivers is a better defender. So even though he is worse at so many other things, does Denver need Barton's ball handling and shooting and stuff to the same degree once they get Jamal Murray, Michael Porter back? I don't know. And if those guys aren't back, then the season's kind of screwed anyway. Like you're, you're kind of effed. I don't think you would trade Will Barton for nothing. Maybe Barton ends up bringing you back a center so you don't have to spend free agency and other, you know, other assets to, to acquire a center. Maybe that's what it is. So again, it's not just a get rid of Barton at all costs, bring in Austin rivers. It's just that it is a scenario. I see this playing out as um, Davon Reed. We kind of have him coming back to the team as this sort of like two, three hybrid. That's a little bit more of a three. Is there any world Harrison in which Davon Reed is counted on to be a rotational guard? Uh, yes, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, could he be the backup three next season? Maybe. I, I mean, if thing if they're not able to get, uh, but that's a forward trying to get, but that's a forward. I kind of feel oh, like okay. Davon Reed might be there anyway. Like, like he's in that mix. What I'm saying is, could you roll into the season next year? I'm just trying to, again, make sense of where we're at right now. Could you roll into the season with Monte and Murray as your starting one, two and bones and Davon as your backup one, two with Christian Brown as the three there. Like, could you roll into that knowing you might be making a Monte trade at the deadline, but but you're starting the season with Monte as a starting one next to Murray? No, I would not feel good about a second unit of Bones, Davon Reed, and Austin Rivers. Or, and Kristen Brown, sorry. I, w- I would not feel good about that at all. Um, okay. Man, I'm, I'm still thinking about Austin Rivers potentially starting at the two. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that, that really threw me for a loop. Um I mean, look, no. here's, here's, here's what we're getting at. People can understand the subtext here. We're racking our brains to see what the plan is because when we look at it, trades almost seem like the only thing, and we don't see the trade, but it almost seems like that because some of these free agent names, they just don't seem like they're going to be available. They don't seem that exciting. So the chance that an Austin Rivers is part of the plan, like that's just it's, it's more possible than I would have guessed three weeks ago. Yeah, I'd rather Austin Rivers than Davon Reed if, I, if I need a – a ba- yeah, no, backup right. two. If we're yeah. talking backup twos, I'd probably rather Austin Rivers. I just have more oh, confidence in him. Yeah, if, if you're just slotting together a bench unit. Um, I've got more confidence in Davon Reed, though, than Christian Brown to be able to play next season. Um, yeah, I like Davon Reed. Uh, I, I don't really want to rely on him, though. So that's kind of where I'm at. He's a, he would be an, a really nice, non-reliable piece. Even You don't think you want to depend on him, if you will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that killed him. Uh, Troy Brown Jr., I want to go really quick here. Um, restricted free agent, although the Chicago Bulls did just add Dalen Terry, who's sort of in that same mold. Um, Troy Brown is a player that I like because I think he's smart, can do a lot of different things and defend well. But I think he's also just another team's Austin Rivers. Like, if you're counting on him to be something more than just like an option to you in the second unit, I feel like you're going to be sorely disappointed. I don't see him being a big move. A lot of this is why I'm still really curious to see what Barton and Ormonte could get you at some point between now and the deadline, because it may be your best route at a significant upgrade here. Um, and again, like I see some people in the, in the chat saying who wants to take on Barton's salary, a 15 million expiring is not like a, a, also, like people just don't realize this, man. Like, I'm t- dude, I saw a Tim Phoenix- Hardaway Jr. Like, people will be like, "Oh, what about Tim Hardaway Jr.?" Same players, Barton. Like, it, it, you talk to Dallas, they're like, "There was a thing today." Like, a bunch of our PHNX people are like wanting to try to, how do we acquire Barton? What do we have to give up to get him? Not, what I'm are you guys willing to unload him? But what are you willing to this give up? Saying. 
He shoots 38% from three. He has four assists a game. Like that's a potential route to an upgrade. It doesn't just have to be like, we'll pay you to leave. So I know we need, we need a friend of the show, Andy Bailey to do one of those blind comparisons of Will Barton (laughs) and a bunch of other shooting guards. I want to see how that turns out. Yeah. Um, some other, so some two guys that I like that are sleeper picks that I think are real options. Amir Coffey, restricted free agent uh, for the Clippers, six foot seven, a career 38% three point shooter, a solid defender. I don't know if he's an elite defender, but he's got length. He's kind of almost, I would maybe a PJ Dozier esque defender in that he's got the mobility and length and smarts to know where to be, even if he's not a guy that you're like, oh, he's about to lock up Damian Lillard. Like he's just a solid defender who also shoots the ball really well. One problem, he's a restricted free agent for an owner that doesn't seem to care one bit about how much he is spending. Like literally, there's one owner in basketball that might sign every restricted free agent they have in, you know, forever, and that's Steve Ballmer. So Amir Coffee is a guy that might or might not have a real chance at a role for the Clippers. Yet, even if he doesn't have a defined role, they might match anyway because they like him. So, but I, Amir Coffey, Harrison, do you have any Amir Coffey takes? He's a lefty, which is nice. I like that. Um, that'd be nice to add to the rotation for sure. Uh, Amir Coffey, I like him. Seems like a guy that could have come up in the Nugget system that we'd be really high on. He had a couple totally. of nice games against Denver. I think he had totally. 18, 7, and 4 against Denver uh, in yeah. that January win. Um, that the Clippers had. Uh, I, I like him. Uh, would I feel better about him or Austin Rivers or Davon Reed as the backup shooting guard or Christian Brown? It's, it's the starting shooting guard, really. We're talking about starting at this point. Uh, I like Amir Coffee off the bench. Vote, do you have a Amir Coffee take? I like him off the bench, too. Just, again, another guy that could be tougher to get than maybe should be <laughs> here here's the thing we keep saying about off the bench like we keep forgetting that the nuggets two-way impact is less important this season than ever before this is why like even in austin rivers it's not again i think there's better players out there but again thinking about what he adds to the offense it's does he screw up the offense because the offense is fine four on five just does he screw it up can he just be there as a guy that makes 35 percent of his open threes and keeps the ball moving so even a guy like amir coffee maybe fits that with six seven frame to him i don't know enough about his defense you know to have a yeah. solid take about how worth it he is a guy who's a very good defender delon wright under the last guy on the list of this this section here delon wright unrestricted free agent veteran player he's played for a ton of teams mostly bad teams this is an interesting note i was looking at all the teams he's played for They've all been lottery teams his whole career somehow, minus what was it last year? Where was he playing last year? Atlanta. Um, Atlanta. So, yeah, so let me let me go through the list here. Yeah, Atlanta. So he's been on all of these like tanking bad teams. I guess early on he was in Toronto, but these tanking bad teams, he does have, I know that these stats are noisy, a plus 2.4 defensive box plus minus, which I think outside of Gary Payton is the highest of any of the guys that you'll see. Those are messy stats, especially for guards, but it should be noted. He shows up really well in the advanced metrics. Um, and then, you know, another guy that just, I think, would be able to figure out how to play in this system and, and be a low usage guy. When, where are you at on DeLon Wright? Well, he's more of a one-two. Like he's more of a ball handling guard. So I think he's actually the perfect target if they trade Monte Morris. Because if you put... DeLon Wright and Bones Highland together, like that is just an awesome, awesome pairing. DeLon Wright's tall at six foot five. He's got a big, or I don't actually don't think he has a big wingspan, but he gets a lot of steals. Um, he probably just needs a change of scenery though, because he only played like 19 minutes a game in Atlanta last season. His second lowest minute total since his second year in the league back in 2017. So he's probably looking to get out of there. Him with all the guards that Denver has. Right now, I, I don't know. But if you, you're you not counting on Monte Morris being here for a while, I think he could be like the perfect complement to a lot of guards that Denver has. So here's the thing. Why isn't he a good fit as a starter? If you talk about Jamal Murray as a point guard, yes, he's a ball handler. Isn't that important for the continuity offense? Yeah, I could talk myself into that, actually. Um, him as he's a, a defensive first guy who can catch the swing pass and run a DHO with Jokic or a pick and roll with Jokic. Yeah, um, I could I could probably get there on DeLon Wright as a starter. 
I could. All these guys, again, they're all like the same caliber vote. Do you have a take? That, that, my take is just the overarching one, and that's just what you just said. You know, there's like the higher end version of this player, which you sort of have to be realistic with yourself about getting them. And then there's these guys, which, by the way, this might be enough for Denver. It really might be. It just, right. you're not going to be like, whoa, chill out with the big splashes over there. You right. know, like it's DeLon Wright too. Is, it sounds a little underwhelming, but it could just be what what the Nuggets need. So, yeah, hey, you're right. The, I think I, I'm almost resigned to the fact that no matter what the Nuggets do, they're going to get killed by the columnists and radio people. Like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. the moves that would get them to not be killed by those guys have already passed. So Makes they're sense. going to get killed by those guys. And maybe rightfully so, by the way, I'm not trying to say those guys would be wrong. But if even if they are right, I don't think it's going to be proven on July you know, fifth or whatever. It's going to be proven in like no. December if the team looks good. That That's when they'll be able to finally be able to say it. But let's take a break. On the other side, um, the final segment here, we're going to look at second draft guys, like guys that are not good. But hey, maybe they just need to get into that Denver system as well as some trade topics, which I think the bigger names are all going to be trade type guys. We'll get to that on the other side. Here's the thing about Ivaca TV. It gets the people going. It gets the Denver sports teams back on your TV. I don't know if you noticed. You probably did. It was a little tough to watch Avalanche and Rapids games and Nuggets games this past season. Ivaca TV stepped in. They stepped between the behemoths here that are in a little, little bit of a slap fight. They wanted to reach out to the people and say, we've got Altitude Sports and we've got AT&T Sportsnet. We've got DMVR channel if you're interested. So just go ahead and download or just go ahead and get yourself set up, excuse me, with Evoca TV, which has service in Denver and Colorado Springs. How do you get it? You go to evoca.tv slash DNVR. That's evoca.tv slash DNVR. Then you use the promo code DNVR. You'll get $10 off your first three months. That's only $15 per month for the first three months plus receiver. No contract, no hidden fees. Evoca TV. Check out what all the people are talking about and let them know that we sent you. Also got to talk to you guys about our collectible friends at FOCO. Nuggets fans, you're home for Denver sports coverage. That's us. That's partnering with a leader in Denver sports merchandise and collectibles. That's FOCO. Uh, FOCO wants you to have access to the best collectibles and gear around. Celebrate the Nuggets back-to-back MVP with this newly released Nikola Jokic MVP bobblehead. Or find your fandom with FOCO's other officially licensed Nuggets gear. Check out their gear and merch. Head over to FOCO.com. Use promo code DNVR for 10% off your order. Or click the link below in the YouTube description. And we back. Final segment here. Going to run through some names. Some quick ones here. A hilarious one. <laughs> this is more... Now these names are no way Denver is getting these guys in here to... Talk. Well, Adam, I like how like... you preface this section with guys who are not good. So I, my expectations are sky high. Well, even more importantly, these are guys like if George Carl was grading moves, like he would be like, what are you doing? You're bringing in these guys. But you know what? Sometimes it is like you're in the wrong situation, the wrong culture, what have you. Josh Akogi is a guy that I know the Nuggets liked at the draft. Goes to Minnesota. Has a decent rookie season, shows some flashes, not so good follow-up seasons after that, completely out of the rotation, and then did not get a qualifying offer. He'll be an unrestricted free agent. Harrison, is there any chance of Kogi is a flyer minimum guy, super cheap contract that you're like, you know what, super athletic, 40-inch vertical, great wingspan, defensive first player, like that's a reclamation project. If we're casting a wide net, do you give him like a little better, a one-year minimum deal to see if he blossoms? Yeah, I'd give him a minimum. Can't shoot it um, from three or, or from the line. Can't get on the floor for the Timberwolves, but is a really good defender. You know, he like that's his calling card. You could probably sell it to him as like, look, this is your path to to getting back uh, it, like on the forefront of the league. You know, we'll give you a chance to defend. Maybe um, I'd be down for a minimum. Sure vote uh i got lost in the chat sauce there you got to give me the name again are we talking to koji josh akogi akogi um yeah pretty I'm pretty not- certain faku is leaving alex asked if leaving pretty pretty i mean i can't imagine they'd bring him back i don't think by the way this is another thing in talking to the front office i don't think we're going to see a lot of short guys on the roster going yeah. forward i think that's like a hard i think that's one of the lessons they learned is that they're just 
they're going to fail big <laughs> if they fail. They're not going to fail the small guys. They gave his locker to is- Ismail Kamagate. Did. Didn't you guys see? I thought, they would I also have failed big, by the way, if their two players were hurt with taller players. But that's fine. Let's blame the short guys first and foremost. No, just it's saying. Right. Just saying. It's, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Um, I'm not particularly moved by Akogi, but I, I guess I would see the thought process, the flyer you're taking. I just would I be like sick? Uh, no, I wouldn't. And it is weird if we start to look at end of bench spots. Peyton Watson, Vladko Chanchar likely occupying two of those. We're not playing, but we have a roster spot we're taking up. I mean, you've got to start. Christian Brown sort of has that, even though we hope he'll play throughout the season. There's only so many of those you can carry. Um, Akogi to me. I'm intrigued, man. Like I liked Akogi a lot a couple years back. I would Chris Finch not finding a use for him is very scary to me because I feel like Chris Finch is willing to try any. Like I just think he'll be like, this is what this guy does. Let's use it. And the fact that there wasn't even a use for him makes me think, like, man, maybe this guy really does just not have it. Um, if it I came like down him. to him or Austin Rivers, I'd probably just run it back with Austin Rivers. You have to. You're in win now mode. Um, Daniel House. Unrestricted free agent, career 36.5% three-point field goal shooter. He's 6'6". He played real minutes for Utah last year, by the way. He's another one that has played on a bunch of terrible teams. <laughs> last year, Utah Jazz, I know they were a sinking ship. He was brought in because they didn't have enough perimeter defenders, and he was pretty good as a perimeter defender. Um, Daniel House, Harrison? Yes, that interests me. Six foot six oh, wow. with a long wingspan. He's had some good defensive moments in the past. I I don't think he's in the Josh Akogi tier. I think Daniel House is actually kind of good. Oh, we got a take. We got a take. Yeah. How about that? Where is he playing the rotation? He's your backup three. He's your backup three? Man, like, we keep doing this with these guys. that They're like 6'5". That's a two. 6'6". Six, six, Man, he's so small at 6'6". Six, six, Name one small forward. I know that's true. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of them. But the point is, you still have the playoffs are going to have to have. That's like the guy on Luca, or, you know, like one of the guys you're going to throw at Luca. No? I mean, I'll, I would I would be interested in House. I'd be, I would say, I would think he's a guy who has the ability to pay he's off. Good in that signing more than in a Kogi. I'm with Wendell on that. Do you like these guys? Just, I, I know it's hard. You have to get the Intel. You have to know the player, but like, let's listen to him. So he goes to Washington in 2017. He goes to Phoenix uh, in 2018, by the way, when they were terrible, then he goes to Houston for three straight years. I guess he was in some of the good Houston team, one of the good Houston teams, two of the bad ones. Um, then he's with the Knicks and then he's with Utah. Not exactly a ton of great cultures. Like, Washington, horrible. Phoenix at that time, horrible. Houston, they had a good team, but my God, that was a horrible culture with James Harden for the one year. And then he's in the rebuild. Then you go to the Knicks. Like he really was, arguably the most inspired you would be by how he performed was last year with Utah. And, you know, that was like a one good team. And even their culture is a little shaky, as we've seen. It was falling apart. He might be the perfect reclamation project where, you get them into a good team and a good organization, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, wow, this is how things actually run? If My Daniel star House player isn't come, drunk? Yeah. If he does come to the Nuggets, I am going to have to know why he got kicked out of the bubble. I was just going to say, that's, chat's percolating on that one. Chat's percolating on that that's one. That's what I'm going to need to know about Daniel House if he's – here i feel like that actually kind of cratered his stock like he was the kind of guy that would come up in a zach Lowe podcast like once a week you know just like sneaky underrated and then the bubble thing happened and everyone was like yeah right. i mean we'll see on house yeah is there anybody else harrison that you think warrants a mention i think because of where we're at time wise i'm gonna roll these um trade guys over into tomorrow they include kcp josh hart terrence mann matisse teibel tim hardaway jr kelly Oubre, and kenrich williams i think i'll roll these over into tomorrow's show um just because we're not going to get through them in five minutes and it might make for a better show for tomorrow but is there any other free agents that you would like yes Torian prince from minnesota six foot eight he's number six on my free agent big board Maybe I'm a little jaded because Prince had like two ridiculous games against the Nuggets last season. He That's had true. 20, 23 points on six of nine three-point shooting in a Timberwolves win in February, 16 points, four rebounds, and another Wolves win in March. But 
I mean, six eight, solid veteran, good defender, good three point shooter. Like you could do a lot worse, as we've been talking about. I just feel like he could definitely be a plug and play guy, backup small forward on the second unit. He's not going to be somebody Michael Malone's yanking off the floor for making a mistake. Is he a good defender? Good enough. I don't think he's elite, but I don't think that's I think how I would put him. Average. I think he's like Jamal Murray. Like he's a good defensive player, but he's not a great one. And so maybe that's all you need is you just need low mistake guys, but he's certainly not going to be a guy that bothers your top guards. No, no. And that's not what you would bring him here to be. I just think he would come in as a good, not elite defender, a guy who's definitely above average on that end. I think your best chance at changing your dynamic as a team in any significant way here is, is going for the elite defense skill, even at the sacrifice of some other stuff. I mean, the Bruce Brown kind of play, although he's actually not a total zero offensively, but something like that where you're sort of getting creative and how that fifth guy is used alongside more than sufficient firepower. Like all these other moves are like, okay, maybe they sure it up a little bit, but you don't really view the nuggets differently. I think versus if they sort of went all in on, on a defensive savant at two, that's just a different dynamic altogether. But yeah, I mean, look, we know the names we've talked about. I don't think any of these guys would totally change the Nuggets dynamic. The only way that can happen is via a trade. They only have 6.3 million to work with, with this taxpayer exception. So none of, none of these are going to guys are going to change the dynamic. Like I said, like that's what happened via trade. I don't see that necessarily happening either. I think we just know what this team is. They just need to stock the roster with more guys that are playable fit yeah. the big three and yeah. are set for a postseason environment. Yeah. I think a lot of people asking about backup centers. We'll get into that tomorrow as well as the trade targets at two other trade targets at the three, four spot. I don't know that Denver's necessarily looking for a bunch of like free agents at four or three. We'll see. I actually expect them to, I would not be surprised if they moved on from Jeff Green. So they might even view themselves as having too many of, of that to fill some other spots. Yep. Um, there are some interesting names in, at the backup center position. I just think if you ask me the most urgent need the Nuggets have, it's shooting guards. So I wanted to spend extra time talking about shooting guards today. Um, and then tomorrow, some trade options for those shooting guards as well. That to me just seems almost the more likely. Me too, man. Which is, I just want to circle back and say one last time, like that, that was the thing I didn't like about the Watson pick more than the pick itself. I mean, Watson, I, I will wait and see about that prospect, but you burn a first to use two firsts and neither are attached to make a significant upgrade when a first plus Monte or Barton maybe would have been your best route to something substantial. Well, I'll, I will say this. I think that the Nuggets front office is viewing the – I don't – we all thought, are they going to push all the chips in for right now because tomorrow's not promised and this or that? And I don't think Denver is. I think Denver looks at this more of – we want to have a good chance to win next year, no question about it, and we'll see what they do in free agency. But I think they view Peyton Watson as a guy that is going to, if he hits, he doesn't just help you a little bit. He helps you a lot at winning a title in 2024, 5, 6. And you might hate that, but that's they view that, look at the compromised position Denver is in now, where they're trying to figure out how to get Gary Payton and Bruce Brown, these good players, but it's like it's so hard, and they don't even know if they could do it. And I think they say you're going to have that every year, trying to, trying hard to get B level players. Peyton Watson f- could be that A level Mikael Bridges type, and you've got to take swings for him. And, it's and it's just, it's just to me that's inconsistency, inconsistent with the win now championship robust messaging. No question, no question it about it's weird messaging, but they, you know, they certainly view Watson as a player that has that kind of upside, and hopefully he does. I mean, I really. He's my most interesting prospect, but I, I just don't know. I can't wait to see him at Summer League so I can make a better uh, sense of it. Real quick, Torian Prince, Harrison, starting shooting guard? Mm, no. no. So the Nuggets would get Torian Prince in a trade and not start him? He's a backup. Or, or sign him in free agency but not start him? Who starts? Is Monte gone in this scenario? If you get Torian Prince, is Monte not on the roster either? No, I mean, I, I think we've all been waiting for the trade for the starting shooting guard to happen. 
Like, I but think I don't that's think a it's going to be a Barton for starting shooting guard. I would be kind of surprised by that. You're not on the Barton for KCP train anymore. I do not think that is going to happen, and I, I, I you know, I, I feel pretty strongly that that is a deal that is not on the table or or mm-hmm. is not likely to happen. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I wonder who they trade Will Barton for then. I mean, you're you're trying to get back a starting two guard if you're trading Will Barton. Maybe, maybe you're trading him for a backup center and an asset that helps you move something else that you pair with Monte at the deadline or you pair with Monte in a subsequent deal or Jeff Green for something else. So I, I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. But, all right. Well, that wraps it up for today, guys. That's a list. We're going to don't forget to check out Harrison Wynn's big board up on the DNVR.com that has all of these people listed out and some of their strengths, weaknesses, as well as a couple of others. And we will be back. Oh, we do have a super chat. Thank you, Kale, for reminding me. Sometimes you just got to hop in and be like, bro, um, we do have one super chat. Let's get to it. From Philip Brown. He says, love this show. Sports Center and Fox Sports is a joke. Ultimate respect for taking the risk and building this company up. Bring back Mellow? Just kidding. Thanks so much, Philip. We appreciate it, man. I don't think you're kidding, Philip. I don't think you're just kidding. (laughs) I think you're dead serious. Mellow, look, man, I'm all for Mellow. We listen to their show, but I'm all for Mellow coming back to Denver in his final year as a 15th Vlatko Chanchar. No, let's do 25 minutes on this members only Discord pod right now. Yeah, doesn't sound good. Yeah. Everybody else, hit that like button on the way out. We'll see you tomorrow.